This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 11th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. India's internal politics may be doing far more to damage its people's fortunes than the trade agreements India's politicians complain about. Dan Pearson is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. He comments. Uh, when you tell people that a country like India is paying well above market rates for a great deal of agricultural output and then storing vast amounts uh, and then letting a great deal of that simply go to waste in a country that is developing and trying to uh, uh, have a decent standard of living for the average uh, person there, it's just really just very saddening. Well, it, it is unfortunate uh, because in economics, we know that all resources are scarce. And so we have a responsibility to allow each one to go to its best and highest use. And the way India is running its agricultural policy, it's creating huge resource misallocations. They are subsidizing the production of certain basic crops, wheat and rice uh, among them, and uh, encouraging farmers to produce more of those. And a lot of that goes into storage and then is wasted. And as a consequence of the farmers producing more of the subsidized crops, they produce less of other things, perhaps fruits and vegetables that people also want to consume. And so you get uh, the government intervention just creating market imbalances that are very unfortunate from India's standpoint. What's unfortunate for the rest of the world is that India has been taking its large surpluses and subsidizing the export of some of them onto world markets, thus generating lower prices for others. So it's, it's running a bad set of agricultural policies at home, and it's shifting the adjustment costs, some of the adjustment costs, onto the world markets. Trade people here at Cato uh, like to say, and I assume elsewhere, like to say that trade restrictions, uh, it's like putting a gun to your own people's heads. And right. then the response from other countries is to do the same. Right. It's, it's, it's collective lack of uh, intelligence, or one lemming going over the cliff and so I'll follow. Uh, w- w- With India, yes, they do have a very uh, robust set of import tariffs that limit agricultural imports. Um, And those are some of the, on average, some of the highest uh, bound tariffs in the world. But um, the real problem at the moment is their domestic production subsidies and their export subsidies. uh, Because the, uh, the, the import tariffs do conform with India's commitments in the WTO. The export subsidies and the domestic production subsidies most certainly do not. What's at issue here is that India is asking the rest of the WTO members to tear up the WTO agreement on agriculture, which was negotiated in the Uruguay round some 20 years ago. And uh, and that that agreement for the first time created some rules in the global marketplace for uh, agricultural and food subsidies. And prior to that, it really was the Wild West. If you go back to the 1980s and 1990s, the European Union and the United States slugged it out, seeing which country's treasury could uh, provide the most support for farmers. And so we ended up in both sides of the Atlantic with large surpluses and uh, export subsidies to move them onto the world market. So countries that couldn't afford to play that game, uh, their farmers suffered because global prices were lower. And this insanity was constrained by the the Uruguay Round Agreement. Uh, and 
it was kind of like a down payment with the thought that more negotiation toward reform needed to happen soon. That started in the Doha round, but now that's languished for a dozen years. And so we, we have still the Uruguay round, which is a, a useful template for global rules. India, instead of moving forward further toward reform, wants to throw that, throw that out the door. It seems like the benefits of liberalizing trade by removing these uh, export subsidies redound a great deal to the benefit of people in India. So I'm wondering why uh, this policy has persisted for so long. I don't pretend to understand India's internal politics, but I think the answer lies there. You've got the various parties competing against themselves to see who can be positioned as the most uh, favorable toward India's poor. I, I think the Indian government may have conflated the idea of subsidizing agriculture with helping the poor. Uh, the analysis that I've seen indicates that a high percentage of India's agricultural subsidies goes to landowners who, by the standards of India, would not be at all poor. The rural landless, or those with very small uh, production areas, are the ones that are that are hurt. But that's uh, are the ones that, in theory, the government is trying to help, but the, the policy framework doesn't help them much because they don't produce much. So in the absence of truly free trade, you're saying that the rules that uh, were imposed uh, by WTO uh, were useful, at least, toward moving toward something that is freer than what we had before? Oh, they were very useful. I mean, the, the global marketplace is much more civilized now than it was 20 years ago. Uh, the, both the United States and European Union have taken pains to conform to those commitments. I don't think there have been any noteworthy violations. The, the U.S. violation on cotton, okay, which is the Brazilian cotton case, and that's, that's still involved. There's still discussions between the United States and Brazil on how, how finally to resolve that. But it's led to no retaliation and no, no insurmountable problem. But the... Um, What's happened over the past 20 years is that the developed countries have accepted the restraints. Developing countries, and not, not, not India only, but also Brazil, Thailand, um, China, those are also believed to be uh, violating their WTO commitments on domestic production subsidies, at least to some degree. However, those countries are not asking the, the world to tear up the agricultural agreement and go back to the bad old days. India is. Now, if India must, and it seems like they are determined to subsidize farmers, and you say they're not doing a particularly good job of it in terms of subsidizing the people that they want to subsidize, what could they do? Well, I would encourage the Indian uh, officials to go back and look at the agreement on agriculture, which actually lists quite a number of what are considered non-distorting subsidies that are legitimate activities for government in the rural economy. And those include things like programs for agricultural research, uh, pest and disease control, extension services so that farmers have access to the latest and best techniques, um, marketing and promotion services, uh, infrastructural services, including electricity, roads, bridges, ports, dams, irrigation systems. I mean, there are a lot of really useful things that governments are fully authorized to do under the Uruguay, Uruguay Round Agreement on Agriculture that would 
create the possibility for more rapid development in, in India and not have these distorting effects on commodity markets that the current policy regime has. Dan Pearson is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.